0: When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolation delights my soul, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 9419, Psalm 7326. And welcome back to another episode of Bridge Radio. We are coming at you out of the great state of Texas.
1: Texas.
0: Thank you everyone for tuning in for the program today. We have a great podcast for you this week. On the program today, we'll be talking about anxiety with Dr. J.P. Moreland, a man who's not only battled with clinical anxiety but is also a Christian. Within Christianity, there are many, many different positions on how to handle mental illness. For example, should we take medication or not? If we take medication, does that impact uh, if we have true faith or not? I believe there can be extreme points of thoughts when it comes to this subject. However, Dr. Moreland provides us through his book a very balanced approach to mental illness. Uh, For our listeners, you can see that I am now hosting uh, Bridge Radio. uh, And we have, I am your your host, A.W. Varilla, and across from me, we have July Julio. Sick, How's it going? And uh, the co-host who'll be joining uh, us here in the future is Joey Velasquez.
1: How's it
2: going?
0: And as always, we have the president of the ministry, Mr. Steve Den Hartog.
2: What's up, everybody? Good to be with you again.
0: So well, strange format, huh? Yeah, strange format. So, <laughs> so
2: roles are reversed here today. What's I know this,
0: this is like the Twilight Zone right now, <laughs> the Twilight and, Zone. and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but we'll uh, get through it. Yeah so uh julio uh if you just want to tell our listeners worldwide where god is going to be taking you and share that with our audience today
3: yeah yeah well yeah for those who are uh maybe thinking or who have been listening already for what uh, since the beginning and we're already what on episode number 115 yes you might be thinking well how come julio didn't do the intro well (laughs) there is a a change in roles there's a a change that has happened at the beginning of, of january I was uh, offered a uh, uh, administrator and marketing position at a welding academy in Houston with my cousin, who is the school director of the academy. And so I have accepted that job offer, mm. and uh, that does not mean that I uh, uh, do not like Bridge Radio <laughs> <laughs> or Bridge Ministries. Uh, Bridge Ministries um, honestly has made me much of the man that I am today. Yeah. To be able to go out into Houston <laughs> and um and uh yeah I just want to tell everybody just keep supporting the ministry uh Love Bridge Radio don't know if I'm going to be back on for sure <laughs> yeah um I might be making special appearances here or there um there's also the the fact that I you know I uh, this might be Avrilla now uh hosting the program completely or uh in, in with Joey here but uh the Lord is going to provide mm. as he always has for Bridge Ministry mm-hmm. and um just keep everybody in prayer me Steve Leanne um, incredible ministry out here uh, on the border of Laredo Texas um, the gospel is very much needed here uh, especially out in Mexico and uh, keep sharing keep subscribing and like I've always said you know share with your your mom your cats and dogs and uh, keep keep helping us push this ministry forward and um, just love you guys
0: yeah um and and Julio this is this was uh Julio and Steve's uh, uh Steve's baby here as far as getting all this started and working together and uh, there's some big shoes to fill uh again this is God's ministry and uh I hope that I don't <laughs> Uh, ruin this, you know, when I'm just talking and bringing our guests. But Julio, this hopefully won't be the last time. He said uh, he's going to go and just uh, go to Houston and, and see how everything's going and still help out with Bridge uh, yeah. Radio, uh, possibly maybe getting guests and coming on and him doing some recording once in a while. But we'll see how that is. And he's just mm-hmm. going to uh, first assess his, uh, his situation and his new role over there. And, yeah, Steve, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I honestly don't believe that this is the end. I believe yes. that this is... Yeah, no. We're, th- <laughs> things are changing. You know, know, the one constant in life besides the Lord is change, right? Mm-hmm. Things things change. And uh, uh, we're going to be moving forward without Julio. Mm-hmm. He's going to be missed greatly. Yes. You know, this this podcast was his baby, actually, mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. out. Um, he, he flew the idea by me mm-hmm. Two three years ago, mm-hmm. when I thought, yeah, let's let's try and see where it was see a where it dumb goes. idea
3: for many. <laughs> and uh, Steve
2: was the only one who said, yeah, let's do it. It's blossomed, and so, uh, but that's because of, uh, in great measure, all of the work that Julio's put into it. And so he's going to be missed greatly, not only in that regard, but just being around here. You know, he's been a great asset, a great blessing to this ministry, and uh, we're sad that you know the Lord's leading him mm. away from us uh, physically. But uh, we know he's going to use Julio over there mm-hmm. in Houston as well to be an ambassador of the gospel. And so for that, we we pray and uh, we look forward to hearing good news from Houston in that regard.
0: Yeah, I am definitely going to uh, miss you, Julio. I mean, you and I started this and you, you, you brought me on and uh, just because we were just having theological uh topic uh discussions and we're topic, and he's like this you should come on we can do this and <laughs> and that was uh i yeah. think episode 16 and we didn't look back Actually, i think it was like episode 10 man yeah it's about yeah, 10, it yeah.
3: Like, yeah right at, right <laughs> so, up there at the beginning
0: so i definitely have some uh big shoes to fill uh we are still gonna have the same great guests uh the same great topics and just remember, for our listeners worldwide, please uh, let us know uh, if there's subjects or topic that you would like us to discuss. Books that
2: you'd like us to profile. Uh, Tell us.
0: Absolutely. Because uh, we're here for you, and this is all for God's glory. And, and please, if if you guys ever see Julio uh, you know, in Houston or anywhere else in the world in conferences, please say mm-hmm. hello and thank you. Because uh, yeah. he's just done a great job, and we're going to miss him for sure. But we're going to have... Uh, Joey. The show goes on. The show goes on, and we're gonna. have <laughs> Joey's gonna gonna be my co-host. He's the and, new Texas, so yeah. he's the new Texas. <laughs> uh, so. so he won't be sounding like me. So uh, yeah. So um, he's
3: got a different draw.
0: Yeah. I got a
1: higher pitched voice, so I'm just gonna go ahead and switch to this one every now and then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, and we we like having fun here at Bridge Radio. So yeah. All right. Dr. J.P. Moreland is a distinguished professor of philosophy at Talbot School of Theology and director of Edo's Christian Center. He has degrees in philosophy, theology, and chemistry. Dr. Moreland has taught theology and philosophy at several schools throughout the United States. He has authored numerous books and he also served with Campus Crusade. He has planted church and spoken at hundreds of college campuses and churches. Welcome Dr. Moreland to Bridge Radio for the first time.
4: Well, it's wonderful to be with you, fellas.
0: Uh, So, Dr. Moreland, uh, this subject on your book has been very interesting just because the last couple days uh, just here at the bookstore, it's been interesting conversations that we've had with uh, several uh, of the people that visit here. And I did not realize this topic was like people think about it and it's
2: Yeah, so a lot of people have been deal with it, and uh, just in the last few days, we've had several conversations just uh, out of the blue with people who who dealt with anxiety, Uh, and and depression. So we uh, we're we're excited about this. Yeah. So
4: absolutely, and I would say 20. uh, The statistics show that uh, every year, uh, at least 20% of Americans. Have some kind of serious uh, anxiety and depression episode, not just kind of a normal sort of well, I'm anxious about a test I'm mm-hmm. taking or whatever, but some kind of serious uh, grappling with this. So it is, uh, it's an epidemic. It's uh, something that's affected me mm. and uh, a lot of my friends. So you're right. It it is. Uh, everybody knows somebody if they're not if they're not going through it that that has been. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, so, Dr. Moreland, in your book, you wrote about your own experiences with anxiety. Uh, would you please tell us a little bit more, your experience, sure. and what led you to write this book?
4: Absolutely. Uh, I was born with a genetic predisposition towards anxiety on my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean I had to get it, but it made me more likely mm-hmm. to become anxious. If you couple that with sort of the dramatic Uh, household i was raised in my father passing away and my mother modeling being a nervous wreck um i was set up for uh anxiety but 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 most of my life i was functional and i'd get anxious about things but i was kind of pretty functional uh, that all changed in, at the end of the school year. I teach at Biola University in, in, in May of 2003 when uh, the night, after, uh, at the end of the school year, that night, I went to bed and woke up at 2 in the morning, uh, heart pounding, sweating. Uh, uh, my whole body was filled with adrenalized electricity, and that began a seven-month period of time where I had a, I had a nervous breakdown. I began to have panic attacks regularly. Uh, I was horribly afraid of, of things like the phone ringing or checking my email. And I, I curled up in, in a fetal position on the couch for about a month. Wow. And, uh, it was a really rough time. Now I did eventually pull out of it actually the day after Christmas, seven months, wow. but, uh, uh, I went on for ten years, and it hit me again at the end of another school year. Turned out both of them were the worst school years of stress that I'd ever had, and I entered into a five-month period uh, where I was completely dysfunctional. I had to cancel my classes. I could not have my grandchildren over to my house because it was too much stimulation. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't teach for the fall. They had to get people for all my courses. Hmm. About in the middle of that time, uh, the Lord, I believe, spoke to me and said, I want you to, to take your research skills and I want you to research everything you can find on anxiety and depression. I'll guide you. And then I want you to write what you discover is helpful for my people. Hmm. And And so I that's what the book finding quiet resulted from is i really believed that i learned some things that were new to me about how to how to lessen or get rid of anxiety and depression and i believe the lord uh, moved on me to try to share what i would learned with other people so the book finding quiet was my attempt to do that wow that's awesome and
1: uh an interesting thing is that you know All of us get anxious because, like how you said, you know, there's different circumstances. Maybe we have a test. Maybe we have too much at work going on. But the thing is, the sad reality is a lot of people also have the other side of anxiety, which is like a disorder. I myself suffered through uh, with anxiety disorder since I was in high school. So a lot of your experiences, as you were saying it, you know, kind of took me back to when I also you know laid down a fetal position and i couldn't even go outside because i was
4: just afraid of
1: things that weren't there but it's so real in your head and uh, oh that's the reality for it is isn't it yeah (laughs) it is
4: it just feels real and i have a generalized anxiety disorder which is well, you're there are different kinds but what's what you're talking about it makes it so much worse and uh you know, but the good news is I want our, our, our listeners to realize that there there is help and and there's hope that you can can learn to cope with this. So don't don't give up and and be encouraged. There are things you can do to get to get help.
2: Yeah, I think what's uh, what really struck me about uh, your testimony and and Joey's here as well is that it's it's a real debilitating. Uh, Thing it's yeah. not something that uh, you know you can just tell somebody to you know put their big boots on and, and yeah. deal with it you know it's something that just uh, <laughs> is debilitating and takes away takes your breath away and you know prevents yeah. you from doing normal life yeah and I, That's
0: I right I, and I and I I guess I have a uh, a question and uh, what about with with somebody who doesn't know. Um, anxiety in that level because um, I'm sitting here and uh, I guess I've never felt that debilitating anxiety before. Um, how would you uh, tell our listeners that might not be able to um, to relate with somebody that has to deal with this anxiety?
4: Yeah, you bet. Uh, uh, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, those those people will certainly know someone who is dealing with that and I think uh, I, I I'm not trying to sell a book but I am saying that I do think from the feedback I've received that the book finding quiet has been extremely helpful to people and mm-hmm. so I would I would get a person a copy and encourage them to read it and to, and mm-hmm. to go see a, a psychologist a, a Christian therapist or a psychiatrist maybe mm-hmm. more about that later yeah the other thing is that the principles that I've learned that I deal with that I learned about, and there were kind of four major practices that I learned, are just principles of healthy spiritual and psychological growth. Mm-hmm. So that even if you don't suffer this off the charts, it, it, these practices are good things to do anyway to deepen your relationship with God and and become more of a healthy, uh, joyful, and peaceful person.
2: Yeah, wow. All right, can you tell us uh j p how this anxiety affected your walk with Christ? obviously we're, you were a Christian um, at this point when yeah. you went through these uh experiences. how did that yeah, affect your right. your walk with christ
4: it was it was good and bad news I mean the good news is that it did in fact um, make me more desperate to draw close to to the Lord Jesus and so mm-hmm. I began to pursue him and, uh, and t- my prayer life became intense and uh i I really began to draw draw closer to the lord and that's a good thing and uh and that I believe will stay with me mm-hmm. uh, The bad news was that um I was in so much emotional pain and suffering mm. that um i j- i couldn't I couldn't sustain a normal life and walk with the Lord in, my, in the life he'd given me. I had to pull out of that life because it was too much for me. Sure. I got extremely angry at God uh, because he seemed to be completely absent and utterly uninterested in my situation because yeah. I prayed and prayed for relief and help, and there was nothing uh, that came from, from him. Mm. So, uh, um, I was, I was pretty upset about it. And, uh, I, I just basically lost my confidence that, that prayer or anything like that worked. Mm. And, um, I eventually came out of that. And the last chapter of the book, I deal with disappointment with god, mm-hmm. and uh but I did have to walk through disappointment with god and while I've seen an awful lot of very specific miraculous answers to prayer in my life, I must say that this kind of experience does cause you to lose trust and confidence that prayer means anything mm-hmm. and you have to find ways to work to get that confidence back.
5: Mm. Uh
4: you can't just will yourself to get it back. You have to <clears throat> search for it. <laughs> so that was a that was a hard thing I I guess I'd say. Yeah. Along those
2: lines I know some of the puritans um would talk about uh times when they've gone through in their lives where they feel like God has just kind of withdrawn his hand, his presence in their lives and the Lord yes. using that as an opportunity to draw them into a deeper relationship with him eventually yes. would you would you feel the same sort of way
4: I would okay. I don't think it's automatic and I do think that it it's not just going to be poured on you sure. uh, from above you've mm-hmm. got to take steps to seek and there are good ways of doing it and ways that might not be as helpful sure so I think uh, being uh, knowledgeable and and learning about this whole thing and how to, to to be restored is important. Read some good stuff on it. But yes, I do think that that, that, that has happened certainly to me and uh, many others. Gotcha.
1: Now, Dr. Moreland, um, you, you know, you, you said earlier how the, this really affected your prayer life and, and sometimes you would pray and get angry with God because you didn't feel like you were getting any results. Um, a lot of Christians, you know, it's among Christians. It, it might be frowned upon to, you know, take medication for anxiety and depression. Why? Why do you think that is? That it's frowned upon of, among certain Christians?
4: Right. Well, I I think a lot of people um, have have heard not have heard inaccurate stories about medication, side effects of the things it does, and you know they're there, but they're very minor. And this this med- antidepressant and anxiety medication has been tested thoroughly by the, the, the highest scientific standards uh, and have been demonstrated, number one, to help with anxiety and depression, and number two, to have minimal side effects. And so they're, they're very, very safe, but somebody can get a side effect. If you're going to consider going on a medication, which I did, and I will be on, uh, maintenance dosage of uh, uh, meds the rest of my life. Um, uh, you you want to go to a psychiatrist if you can. A psychiatrist is not a psychologist. A psychologist is a therapist. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor that specializes in the, in the organ called the brain. So it's like a, a cardiologist who specializes in the heart. A psychiatrist knows this medication in different ways. Uh, ways of dealing with anxiety and depression that helps. And the way I look at it is this, Um, medication is basically uh, vitamins for the brain. Mm -hmm. The brain is not, when you're fighting anxiety and depression, you're not producing uh, your own serotonin and other chemicals that are mood elevators. And so you need, to take vitamins to help you uh, have those a good balance of those chemicals in your brain, mm-hmm. if, if, since you're not producing them at this point on your own, mm-hmm. and that's, in my view, really all they do. Um, the, we're, not, we're not just uh, disembodied souls. Mm-hmm. We do have a soul. But, uh, we have a body as well, and so our problems aren't always just spiritual or psychological. It's spiritual, psychological, and biological. It's mm-hmm. the whole package. So I attacked my anxiety from both us uh, trying to get some good, healthy, psychological insights, some spiritual growth insights, mm-hmm. uh, and and some medication. And I, I began to work all these three into a holistic uh, kind of treatment program. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very, very helpful to me. Mm-hmm
0: you know reading your book I just find it uh, with, with the question that we just asked I mean if something happens to our body you know we get injured and and, and 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 get hurt um you know we'll take some medication for the pain um and right. I, I right after reading your book I was like well you know th- th- there's no difference in that I mean this is you know, you I, know I'm there hurting. Isn't. And, and and I know that there's, I know personally uh, a lot of Christians out there that would just frown upon this, like, oh, you're just not trusting God enough. And then I'm really, right. as we're really thinking about it, well, why is it okay for you to take medication if your ankle gets sprain and you're just in severe pain and you're just like, I need to alleviate some of this?
2: Or insulin for, for, for diabetes. Exactly. Oh, that's if a if perfect you don't have example. Insulin, you, we take we yeah. take uh, insulin shots. Yeah, yeah so.
0: we, we wouldn't tell somebody like, "Oh, you don't have enough faith." Like your body is just not producing an, uh, enough in, in, insulin. I mean, yeah. my best friend has. Yes,
4: yeah, so get some exactly. Yeah. Get, so get some get some help to re, to produce it that you're not making. I I completely agree. And I don't mean to offend anybody with this, yeah. but if, but I just want to be honest. If you if you do there's a book called What Would Jesus Drink?
5: Hmm.
4: Yeah. And uh, I forget the author, but there are two books with that title, and this one is, if you go on Amazon, it's, it's, the, it's the book that has a beer mug on the, on the uh, uh, front cover, uh, and it isn't the other one. Now, that, what, that book, and there's another one, but I can't remember the title, make an unbelievably solid uh, exegetical, biblical, and theological case – that abstinence is simply unacceptable in the scriptures, and unless you have uh, uh, you're alcoholic or you have tendencies to addiction, mm-hmm. but for most people, um, in the Old Testament, the use of alcohol was recommended as a medication mm. for people who were down and um, uh, life had become sour to them. Mm. Now, um, they, all I'm not, please don't accuse me of anything. I'm just telling you what the Scriptures teach. Sure. And you, if you don't believe me, get that book and look up the verses and look at the interaction with the abstinence view. Mm-hmm. And what you learn is that one of the many purposes for God creating uh, alcohol, beer, wine, and, and, and strong drink in the Scriptures was to be a a medical help for the brain if you were in a period of uh, having depression, it's obvious, or something of that sort. Now, they don't recommend drunkenness, but this has got roots in the scriptures themselves, only now we've got better medication than what they had in those days. And so there is no question there's biblical precedent and i guess i would say to people who don't, who don't like what i'm saying please uh please try to be biblical instead of clinging to your tradition yeah uh, and what your christian community holds because a lot of time, a lot of times the church held the is on slavery in yeah. the so you don't want to go with your what you've always held if you're wrong and and you need to look at some things that correct your understanding on this and the 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 bottom line then is that that does give precedent for uh, taking medication for for being psychologically just dis- distressed in some way
1: and i remember uh, the the last podcast we did before this one we talked about miracles and how you know we shouldn't always expect a miracle from god when it comes to healing or anything but um if god wills he will do that and i think the same goes here with anxiety and any mental disorder uh you know i remember when i took uh counseling for my anxiety something the therapist told me was You know we expect our body to ache sometimes we expect to get sick and take medicine but we never expect our brain to get sick we never expect any problems very in in our mind and therefore when someone brings up the topic of you know taking antidepressants or you know uh, it's it's a little shocking to them because we don't expect it but it happens and you know some people don't know that that's what they're going through but You know, that's that's a sad reality that we have to struggle with this while we're in our sinful nature.
4: Yeah, I agree uh, completely. Yes.
1: So, Dr.
0: Moreland, uh, er, uh, you were just talking about uh, the the soul and the body. Uh, What do you think causes some of the misconception about uh, amongst Christians when it comes to the soul and the brain? I know that we were just addressing a little bit here, but maybe we can get a little bit more specific for our listening audience
4: well i think a a lot of christians uh have absorbed without meaning to uh the view in the culture that there is no soul that that's an outdated notion and that the brain is what does everything the brain is what has memories in it. it it is what thinks and and so on uh and if they still believe in a soul the soul's purpose is to be what goes to heaven when you die but in this life, everything that happens has been co-opted by the brain. Now, that's just not true, but, and I don't have time to go into that. But your soul uh, uh, is what contains all of your conscious life, but it, when you're in the body – Its ability to function depends upon your brain functioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's an illustration. It is your – when you have a sensation of an apple, you're looking at an apple, and you have a sensation of red because you're looking at the surface, that sensation is in your soul. It's not in your body or brain. But if your eyes are uh, put out or, or you're blind or for some reason your eyes don't work, you will not be able to have that sensation. In you, because while in your body, in order for your soul to work uh, in that way, your eyes have to work. Well, the same is with your brain. Uh, your, your fun, the functioning of the soul depends upon the brain uh, uh, being healthy and working. And the brain can be changed by a soul. They've showed that if you change your thinking – uh, over over a few weeks, uh, that can change your some of your distress uh, uh, and your brain structure. Uh, so uh, I think a lot of times Christians uh, give everything to the brain, and then they don't understand that the soul is not a bodiless, freestanding entity. it's It's something that is embodied and it is deeply connected to the body such that the soul's ability to do a number of things including be joyful and so on is actually connected to uh, how well your brain's doing and so you have to learn to take care of your brain and to present it to god as an instrument of righteousness uh by by doing a number of habits that will retrain your brain to be healthy
0: I'm just thinking of, uh, the rich man in Lazarus <clears> and <throat> that, you know, Jesus is telling the parable and the consciousness of the soul with, uh, Lazarus, um, who realized in in while he was in the body in, in life, um, didn't do certain things, but after death, he was aware of everything that was going on and was, yeah. uh, you know, telling, you know, Abraham, of, you know, can you please send Jesus telling the story to please send, uh, Some send them to tell your brothers and warn them about w- w- what's really on the other side. And you know, Jesus goes on the right, story, right. but I, I just wanted to say that just where we see the soul right there and its consciousness is that yes, okay. we're separated from the body,
2: but there's the awareness of what's going on. Yeah, w- what it looks like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that uh, whole distinction between the the soul and the the brain is really interesting. Yes. And, uh, for those who, it is. for those of our listeners, me being one of them, who would like to pursue that further, <laughs> do you have any recommendations, uh, JP? Have you written anything about that, and, and where would you send us?
4: Yes, I, I wrote a book for laypeople uh, called "The Soul: How We Know It's Real and Why It Matters." Okay, mm. and it goes into in, into all this and uh, explains how we know there is such a thing as a soul. What what is a soul? And how does it differ from the brain and uh, that sort of thing. So gotcha. it's the soul, how we know it's real and why it matters. Okay. And I think that's a readable discussion by the people who are listening to us.
2: Great. Yeah, I just pulled it up here. So we'll we'll we definitely be sure to get a copy of that here. Yeah, you know. we,
0: we should have you back on and uh, do a podcast on that. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So. uh Dr. Moreland, in your book, you talk about having at least twelve minutes of contemplative prayer. Uh, can you please speak to uh, speak about this? Uh, why twelve minutes minimum? What's what's uh, yeah. what is different about contemplative prayer?
4: Yeah, very good question. Um, sometimes this is called centering prayer, and uh, the the purpose of it is to attach to God, connect with Him. Uh, to to experience His presence and to open your heart up to try to listen to His Spirit as best you know how. It, it is not to offer prayer requests. Uh, it is not to re- reflect upon scriptural texts, except insofar as they helped you to to calm your mind and heart, which the, which they can. Uh, the purpose uh, it's not the purpose is attachment it's connectedness. It's learning to connect with God. And uh, this a subsequent, a secondary purpose is it it centers you, calms your heart and mind, and puts you in a place of uh, peace and relaxation and openness to God. So um, this is a form of prayer that, that has been practiced ever since the uh, Desert Fathers and the early few centuries of the church and uh uh it's it, it, the catholic well i'm not even sure there was any such thing as catholic and protestant in that time because the reformation didn't have them. but all throughout the middle ages uh, there were some great people who made a, a, a strong progress in, in the spiritual life and they practiced contemplative prayer or centering prayer and um the, the reason I say I, – I, I practice this for about an hour and a half a day. Hmm. Uh, um, so the reason I, I said 12 minutes is that what, what neuroscientists have discovered is that if you engage in this kind of deep uh, connecting prayer for 12 minutes a day over a period of eight weeks – it will change a brain scan from the kind of brain structure that is conducive to anxiety to one that is healthy and is more resistant and peaceful just by practice kind of deep, uh, form of prayer. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so that I, I, that's, that's the le- That's the minimal amount of time that you need to practice this mm-hmm. to, uh, kind of, to present your reign to God and to become healthy. But of course, there's more to it than just wanting to get peaceful and so on, and that's to connect with the Lord. And so this is a tool that's been around for uh, uh, centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And it there's a reason it's stuck around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, very, it's very powerful stuff.
0: I mean, I find it amazing though, when uh, I wake up in the morning and, um, Actually, spend the time uh, to pray. How my day is totally different when I don't. Yes. Uh, it is. It is something that I've become more and more aware of uh, when I yes, get absolutely. to spend time with the Father, and
2: how my
0: mood is completely different. You know, throughout the day, and
2: so. Yeah. Well, and I think this is why uh, the psalms and throughout the Bible, but especially in the Psalms, we we read the emphasis on. On meditation for example Psalm seventy-seven, twelve: I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds mm. over and over again throughout throughout the Psalms you know yes. the uh, the psalm writer is focusing on meditating on the Lord for an extended period of time yeah
4: right yeah that's absolutely right and um, in the book I give uh, uh, some suggestions as to how I go about doing this, some steps to take, uh-huh. and there's nothing, thus saith the Lord, about that. It's just my attempt to offer what's worked for me and helped me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I recommend uh, that there you that people experiment with this and try different ways of engaging in this kind of openness before the Lord mm-hmm. and. I and I've given some ideas that they may want to start with and tweak it in any way that helps them.
2: Sure. And just to be clear, what we're not doing is advocating you know Eastern mysticism or disconnecting disconnecting from reality or finding you know a different uh, reality. we're 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 talking about uh, meditating on the Lord and drawing into a closer fellowship with him. Is that correct?
4: Oh, absolutely! Of course, I would. Sure. <laughs> the The other stuff is abhorrent to me. Yeah. Um You know, so uh, uh, yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yep. All right, good. Well, I just wanted to make that clear because I know I'm sometimes those those misunderstandings can can come up and. Yeah, they're gonna start sending us uh, tweets and uh, emails. Nasty though. emails. Yes. Nasty.
4: <laughs> no, this is this is the ver- a very different kind of thing than a Buddhist or whatever Eastern, if you want to call it meditation, whatever you want to call it. This is different.
2: Sure. All right. Thank you so much for clearing that up. And in closing, as we land this plane, can you please share for our listeners the gospel? We'd appreciate it if you do that, JP.
4: Of course. In fact, uh, I I actually attended a kind of a liberal church when I was uh, a young boy up through high school, and I didn't know it was liberal. It was just Jesus was kind of presented as I was. I'm from Kansas City, hmm. and uh, he was presented as a kind of a white middle class uh, kind of Midwest guy, you know, hmm. and. Um, that's all I knew, so I went to co- I went the University of Missouri to college and uh, my junior year uh, uh campus crusade came by my fraternity house and presented the the liar lord lunatic argument that Jesus was either a liar or he was a lunatic or he was the lord and i I actually became persuaded that he was the Son of God and I began to read up on it a little bit and um was con- Came to the conclusion that it was highly likely that this was true, and and I had never heard uh, the the gospel. And one this one gentleman said, "Listen, the, the thing I want to leave with you is what the New Testament gospel is, and it is that um, God loves you dearly, but you have sinned against Him. You've 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 failed to do." Th- Things that you could have done to make uh, the world better and to honor God, and a lot of times you just don't ignore him. You don't, he's not even a part of your life, and you've done things that were, that were just dishonoring to him and to other people. And, if God, and God is holy, and, and he has to step away from that. That's very displeasing to him. So he loves you, but he does not approve of what you do, and he has to judge that. The good news is that um, you could not pay for what you've done. Uh, You're just not adequate to do that. And what God did was to send his son Jesus uh, to to be uh, punished uh, and to satisfy the demands of God's justice. Mm -hmm in your place and so uh when he was crucified he died for you and for your sins and what you can do now is if you want to know god and to be with him forever um you can cry out to him and and to thank him and trust what that what jesus did for you was adequate in god's eyes to to pay for everything that you've ever done and will do wrong and that you get you are now accepted by god because of what jesus did for you and then through through jesus resurrection that uh he is now alive and he can come into your heart if you actually invite him and begin to make you a different person and um you can learn to live in his kingdom and uh so I, I began to realize that the cross and the resurrection the cross was believing that he had paid for my sins and, and the resurrection was believing that he could now come into me and make me the kind of person he wanted me to be and I I I, I prayed that prayer earnestly uh, in 1968 as a junior in college And it was, without any question, the greatest decision I ever made. And uh, it 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 is completely overhauled who the direction I was going in life. And uh, I'm so thankful that I I made the decision to receive uh, and to embrace that gospel.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Dr. Moreland, thank you very much for coming on Bridge Radio. Where can our worldwide audience find you? Find your book, Finding Quiet, uh, F- Finding Quiet, My Story of Overcoming Anxiety and the Practices That Brought Me to Peace. Besides Bridge. Besides Bridge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I, I have a website. I don't really do much with it, to be honest. I'm mm. just not a online techie kind of guy. Mm. So, I mean, there would be things people could find there. Uh, my books are available at Amazon. Okay. Um, And so you could find some things there that might be useful on my website, but I don't really keep it up a whole lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I recommend that everybody uh, go get this book. Uh, I was really surprised. I mean, my wife was reading uh, your book, and she's like, what what are you doing on a podcast? And I had the book at home, and she was just going through it. Uh, So please, please go out and get this book. Um, And if anybody in the world cannot get this book, please send us an email here at Bridge Mm -hmm. and we'll go ahead and send you the book. Uh, So please visit us. So, uh, again, thank you, uh, Dr. Moreland, for being on Bridge Radio today.
4: Well, you're welcome. And thank you for what you're doing. Awesome. Thank thank you. you.
0: Wow, uh, that was a great podcast. I, I didn't realize that there was uh, so much with just anxiety.
2: Yeah what did you guys think? No, I think uh, I learned a lot and uh, I think uh, for people who don't have uh, who don't have, Anxiety or depression themselves—they know somebody who does. So go out and get yourself a copy of this book. Yeah, I yeah, think really it really good. Really bless a lot of people. Yeah.
1: And as someone who actually, you know, suffers or has suffered with anxiety, I, I do recommend this book. Um, and I, I really like this podcast because I, I feel like we gave people or listeners information that maybe they didn't know before about, you know, certain things that could help them with their struggle with anxiety. So
0: so that's our episode uh, this week guys remember to follow us on Twitter Facebook Instagram and um, again uh, how we leave the show uh, what's your only comfort in life and death that I am not my own but the long body and soul in life and death of my faithful Savior Jesus Christ
5: bye bye later